Hi guys, welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. We are back from our two-week hiatus, and during that time, ProAct hosted its first culinary summit, which brought together customers, suppliers, and ProAct distributors. It was a fantastic event, and we are really looking forward to next year. Be sure to listen in the coming weeks as I interviewed multiple chefs at the Summit Expo, and we are looking forward to sharing these interviews with you guys. This week's interview features Chef Jeff Steelman and Chef Chris Windis from HMS Host. HMS Host is the world's largest provider of food and beverage services for travelers and are leaders in innovation for airport dining. They are also one of ProAct's customers. Chef Steelman and Windis discuss their roles at HMS Host and more. It was a fun one, so stay tuned. Let's get rolling with our market reports. We'll start off with an update with our leafy veggie friend, Lettuce. Tender leaf supplies have reacted to recent heat in the Salinas Valley, with curly parsley, spinach, and arugula the first items affected. Yet, quality is good for the most part. Also affected by the warm weather is iceberg lettuce. Quality issues include discoloration and brown butts, a direct result of the heat in northern and southern California growing regions. Leaf lettuce varieties, particularly romaine and butter, have experienced crop loss, but quality is above average. As we transition into fall, look to make a seasonal salad featuring pears or late-season stone fruit, both of which are looking great right now. Availability of blackberries is sporadic this week due to transport logistics. However, quality has been good, although recent heat has caused concerns for all berry varieties. Local blueberries are finished for the most part, with that market quickly shifting to an import-only situation. Michigan is the last viable source of U.S. products, so get them while they last. As far as raspberries go, Mexico has not produced enough volume to counter the demand and there are rain delays affecting transfer of product into the states. Due to heat, the central coast is producing lower numbers as well. Lastly, strawberries are winding down in Salinas and Watsonville, California. However, quality is good on the new crop out of the Santa Maria region. Berries are in a bit of a rocky spot right now, so maybe minimize use where possible. Limes continue to be in a tough spot and the outlook is dependent on the weather in Mexico. Improvements most likely won't be seen until October. Quality has been fair, with oil spotting and styler end rot still a problem. I read about these issues and wanted to get a little background on what they actually mean. The styler is the end of the fruit that we usually call the navel. When the styler is cracked or damaged, an infection can get in that causes damage and rot, hence the name styler end rot. Also, oil spotting is caused by mechanical damage to the peel of the fruit, which forces oil out of the oil glands. Avoid limes for now if possible, as supplies are short. Stay tuned to hear more about the lime situation, as we will keep you updated. Stone fruit is really, really winding down this time. We are finished with nectarines for the domestic season. All fresh harvest has stopped, and peaches are becoming snug with some finishing harvest and others picking for another week or two, which varies depending on the variety, region, and acreage. As a whole, this industry has slowed down. As we move into October, red and black plums will become the focus. It's time for me to replace the nectarines in my summer crisp recipe with plums and look towards fall. We're barely into pear season, but so far so good. Quality and pricing on Bartlett, Starcrimson, and Asian varietals are great. However, in Washington, shippers have communicated that Anjou and Boss crops are down 30-50% to 50% versus 2018's volume. Special varieties such as Seckle, Forelli, and Comus are coming available this week and in the coming weeks. Quality is excellent, so don't miss out on pears this season. That's all we have for market reports this week. For in-depth market reports, remember to check out the source on ProAct's website as soon as it's released each Wednesday. Moving on to our interview with Chef Steelman and Chef Windus, these guys were a blast to interview. 
Jamie and I actually met them in Napa, California at Chalk Hill Vineyards where they were cooking for a fundraiser. Between prepping about 20 or more dishes for the fundraiser dinner, I actually got the chance to sit down with them and chat about their roles at HMS Host and why they do what they do. Let's take a listen. We are here with Chef Chris Windis and Chef Jeff Steelman from H&S Host. Um, let's start out by telling our listeners your title and what your role is with HMS Host. Uh, Jeff Steelman, I'm the Vice President of Culinary for North America for HMS Host. And Chris Windis, I'm Senior Director of Culinary for HMS Host North America. Great. So can you guys tell us a little bit about HMS Host and kind of what they do on the day-to-day? Sure. HMS Host is the leader in industry and travel. So we're in airports. We have about 2,000 restaurants. We're in the roadways. We're a $3.5 billion company. Uh, We have about 41,000 associates. Uh, We operate in over 120 airports in the United States, Canada, Europe, Asia. Um, We're in more than 80 travel plazas in North America. We're the leaders in the industry. You, you do know? a lot. We, yeah, we. <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's a lot all going the time. on. <laughs> With a couple thousand restaurants, I mean, you, you don't sleep much, but uh, we're very blessed, and it's it's an amazing company to work for. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about your journey to working in large scale food service, and just how you guys got into culinary in general. Jeff. I was, I, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I was kind of brought up in the business. You know, I started as a dishwasher, okay. and uh, I just never left. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, I thought this is what you're supposed to do, and we've been doing it ever since. Um, and then just worked for a lot of great chefs and, you know, paid attention and, and understood just being passionate and dedicated about food and respecting Mother Nature and, and doing the right thing and, and got us here today. Great. And what about you, Chris? Yeah, I, same kind of deal, you know, working, washing dishes at the little fish shop and, <laughs> and you know, in high school in the summertime and... Then I went to school for forestry and Flagstaff and oh, nice. found out that, you know, it's kind of hard to get a forestry job. Well, <laughs> so, I have a degree in wildlife management and I can right, tell you here I... We are. I See, here we are. I here through, we are. I worked through restaurants the whole time I was in uh, school there and I just love the environment. I love, it was competitive and you had to be on your toes and constantly thinking, you know, how can I make it as good as possible? from day in day out so right it's a uh, it's a great industry to be in and Chris but, you were you were raised in Florida right yep Orlando awesome and where were you raised Jeff I'm a Jersey boy you're a Jersey o- Ocean boy. Ocean City New Jersey mm-hmm. so how how do your roots um back on the east coast and in the south how does that influence your cooking and your day-to-day inspiration um, you know, we worked a lot for many, many years out in New York and uh, just, you know, being around the best and traveling. We were on the celebrity chef circuit, working with a bunch of celebrity chefs, flying around the world, um, doing pop-ups, opening restaurants, doing every event mm-hmm. around the globe, just seeing the best of the best. And, and that's right. where you lived and that, that's your expectations. And then you bring it, um, you try and bring that to large scale and... It's very evangelical, you know, you, you get one person to buy in, the next person, the next person, and then you have an amazing, passionate, dedicated team, you know, overseeing thousands of restaurants and making it happen every day. Um, so the roots are just, just surround yourself with the best people you possibly can surround yourself with, mm-hmm. and they, they believe in the same things and the same goals, and uh, we're still doing it today, you know? Yeah. What, how do you feel about that, Chris? 
Yeah, I think it's also kind of where, you know, for me it was where I was working. So, you know, I was working a lot of small French restaurant bistro because I thought, you know, that's that was the way you get classically trained. Mm-hmm. You kind of learn all the processes that they go through to make these things. And then, you know, you go work for somebody else and it's a completely different style and you work for somebody else. And I think that's important that you get out there and you experience a different kinds of cooking, different chefs, they have different passions and you pick up on those things while you're doing it. And then down the road, you, you know, you turn into your own style. So, you know, I, I saw everything in Florida move from that, Floribian kind of cuisine <laughs> to French to I mean Orlando is kind of a mix of everything you're in in the middle of nowhere because you're Miami and everything down there they have their own food culture then when you start going north you're actually moving into what they consider the south mm-hmm. so then you get into more barbecue a lot of working with the local farmers and that's what I had a big passion for that um, you know going to the farms meeting these people that are just dedicated that's their livelihood they take so great care of their animals and the food and Mm -hmm. you know then when you team up with uh, somebody that's passionate about using your products they get excited too because then you start discussing oh can can you go for this or can we do this or how about you know getting it done this way what what can we do and you start that's when when you have those like amazing products to work with the chef part is pretty easy it's fun yeah. Makes it fun. Um, so I know your positions differ. Um, can you give us an overview of a typical work day for each of you guys? You know, we deal with a lot of day-to-day. It's different brands, a lot of different brands. We have about 350 different brands we work with. Um, and a lot of it is bringing their vision to the airport and having them understand what happens in an airport environment is like nothing they've ever seen before or worked in before or maybe even understand mm-hmm. um, they might not have meal periods in the street side restaurant that we need in the airport breakfast mm-hmm. lunch and dinner meal periods so we might have to develop that with them you know we don't need 45 items on a menu like you might have on the street you know we need 16 17 amazing things that we just execute perfectly all day long right uh, so it's a ton of menu development um, we'll open a couple hundred restaurants every year. We'll flip about a hundred different menus every year. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 always evolving. It's yeah. always changing. It doesn't stop. And you know we're very produce forward with that. You know we've gone from nine um, percent of local produce up to twenty two percent of local produce in the past couple of years. We spend over $50 million a year in produce. Oh, wow. Right. So that's, that, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a big business. And, 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 but, you know, we, we do work with the farmers and we right. do, you know, new things coming out and we do look for innovation. Colalini just came out a short bit ago. I've had we were, that. We were the first mm-hmm. people to put, launch it in the airport. Um, we have nice. many restaurants. Um, we're very, look forward for a lot of plant-based products, vegetarian products, vegetables, things that are coming out, look for innovation. Um, the Impossible Burger. You know, we were the first people to launch that in the airport environment years ago, a couple years ago. Trendsetters. You know, we, we, we're trying, we're, you know, our group is, is all from the street. So we've all come here to, we were hired to come to host to bring the street to the airport. Right. And I have 22 corporate chefs around North America that we were all worked together with on the street. Some have been with us up to 17 years. Um, I have an amazing, passionate, dedicated team. These guys are, and these, these ladies are amazing. 
So there's always what's next. They still have that street side mentality on what's next, where's it going, who's the mm-hmm. farm, what, who's growing something, can we cross-breed something, can we work with perennial grains from the bread lab right. you know, to make all our burger buns uh, from perennial grains now. Uh, so we're working on, we're trying to get that done. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, the day-to-day is, is a lot of everything, I would say. It's diff- and that's the thing, it's different every day. Um, you Keeps know, your job interesting. It's, it's a lot different. You're coming, <laughs> so coming from like a hotels and restaurants, your day is pretty much the same. You're going to get in there, you're going to bang out ordering, you're going to get prep done, you're going to yeah. have service, and then we're going to clean up and go. It's nothing like that for us. It's, <laughs> there's, we're in the restaurants and we're doing a lot of development, developing new dishes, new ideas, and how we can execute in a very small spaces in these airports. So we're always looking for smart equipment, that's going to help us do our job better. Um, you know, we do put a lot into the design of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're opening 100 restaurants a year. That's a lot of thought and planning behind how we're going to make this small space as efficient as possible. So we take a lot of time and effort going through that to build it properly in the beginning, and we're not shooting ourselves in the foot later down the road because we, well, the pizza station's here, but then there's nowhere <laughs> for the pizza to land. You know, so it's. Um, it's different. Then we go to the different, all the different cities that we're in yeah. and you're meeting, you have, you have different challenges there as far as what your vendors are, what produce is available, what seasons are here versus there. So like big rollouts across the country are very difficult because you have to have volume behind everything. Right. And even if you're talking to these smaller farms and that are going to supply one restaurant, this restaurant in the airport is probably doing four and five times the volume of what the same restaurant would do on the street Mm -hmm. just because it's in that airport. It's high traffic. It's high volume. So, you know, um, sometimes it might take us like, Hey, we're going to, we want to use this product. How long is it going to take you to ramp up production and how long are we going to have it for? So, and that's where a lot of, you know, when we're working with our local produce companies there, you know, we scout out the farms that are going to have the local product available for us, and that is our first choice. And then, but we're open every day, mm-hmm. and we need the product every day. Yeah. So then we sub it in. But that's why our, um, just by letting and communicating to these produce companies what we want, what we expect, um, you know, that local first. So and we get that. That's first, how yeah. that's how we've gone up, you know, fifteen percent in the last couple of years, just nice. by. You know, inserting them, and we get an automatic sub every time a local product comes in. Nice. So. Now Michael Schultz, our, our produce guru, who we right. have at corporate, he's uh, he leads and run, runs that for us. So we're we he, that's his focus. He is our produce guru, and he focuses on it every single day. To, so he keeps us uh, works with us hand in hand to make sure we're that's happening and growing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you guys, like, as a global restaurateur, how, how do you guys approach working with regional and local suppliers? And it's not a challenge per se, but necessary. It's more of a, it's an opportunity to get product that's locally grown. And, you know, you're supporting this small family and, you sure. know, it's most of the time right. family owned. They're working, you know, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, so how do you guys approach that? Is that Michael Schultz's Gig. Yeah, well, Michael, he'll run point on it, and we'll all meet with them and say, like Chef Chris said, what uh, what do you have? What can you provide? And, and what is right. the time period? And how much can you actually provide? Yeah. And so all that local stuff, we can get that. We get that first. 
Then if we have to go to a tier two from mm-hmm. buy from someone else that may be 200 miles away, right. 400 miles away, that, that happens right. mm-hmm. just from our volume. And you're, I mean, we're a three billion dollar company, and, and and it's it's almost twenty four seven, so it's just a lot. <laughs> no, no time to sleep when you're working with HMS host. You're always on the go. Absolutely. So I know you mentioned recipes. You mentioned flipping your menus. Um, what is your process for recipe development and like your menu ideation process as well? Well, first we look at what's in the terminal, right? So let's say, talk about a single terminal. Okay. Is there a burger place already? Is there, a, you know, is there a Great Divide? Are they there already? Or, or what, what's already existing there? What's mm-hmm. not existing there? So then we just try and fill in the void. So there's a little bit of variety for fill everyone. That niche. Yeah. So it, it works backwards, and then we see what are, what's on those menus as well, and what's not on those menus. Obviously, we're very forward in the vegan, the vegetarian, the healthy lifestyle options, um, and building that to fit the void of whatever is missing in that environment for people. Cause people won't go to another terminal for something to eat. They're, they're going to stay in their terminal. People, you know, they're, they're very, I've had to do it, but I didn't really like want to do it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, we have all the analytics on people won't go back six minutes uh, back they're past their gate. So we, we try and work with to get all the analytics on the traveler and, uh, even if I know I have, like, two hours until my next flight, I'm like, okay, like, something could happen. Exactly. You know? I need to stare at that game, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I need to stare at <laughs> B2. So run, it's a lot. Yeah, we run analytics all day, too, on our what's currently on our menus, what our sales are. Um, you know, if there's something that's not moving, then we want to get it off and we want to replace it with something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, the one thing about the airport is that it's very consistent. Um, we know that if when we put these things on the menu, we can basically forecast how many of these we're going to sell mm. and you know how much uh, product is going to go into it. But we do everything. When you change one menu item, you have to do everything. You have to map out how much space you have to, to store everything from your walk-in to the line to, okay, now our recipe is here. How many steps are we have on the recipe? So it's a lot of... It's a lot of work. We want to make sure when we're putting something on the menu, it's going to be successful. Right. Um, so we look at we look at everything, and our suppliers are a big part of that. Um, they have to know the expectations going in. The because deli- and you're talking about so now you're at an airport. You have different delivery times. There's security measures that have to go through that they probably never thought of. Mm-hmm. They would have to go in there. So there's there's a lot that goes into just trying to change. Just one menu. To get you, that burger. They, then you throw in a brand, and they have their own brand standards versus yours. So it's a there's a lot of variables that go into it. It's always different. It keeps you on your toes for sure. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it's funny as a consumer, you don't really realize. You know, you go up to the cash register, say what you want, you get the food, and then you don't realize that like so much work has gone into getting that product to you and I think that's something that I've really opened my eyes to as I've been in the produce industry I'm just like wow anytime I'm out in the field and I see people harvesting it's just like so much work goes into our food Mm -hmm. like blood sweat maybe some tears you know tears (laughs) we have and that's one of the things we monitor waste uh, you know because because of that yeah talk a little bit about sustainability with HMS host well sustainability is uh you know we focus on it daily. We've reduced waste by millions of dollars in the past five years. Um, we keep a finger on the pulse. That's something I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I get very angry about food waste. And so 
it's a it's a real it's a focus of ours and we're continuously right. doing it we have calls every single week about how we're being more efficient how we're pack size how it's coming in why is it wasted is it is it we're just getting too much or is it not being used or where what happens to it? we figure it out but we focus on every nook and cranny to, to reduce food waste because it drives me crazy yeah and i think that's really important chef chris what were you gonna say and because we do have a lot of there's a lot of grab and go in the airport and we produce a lot of our own grab and go sandwiches salads mm -hmm. and we uh, for us we have a 24-hour shelf life okay? okay so it gets made it goes to the unit you have 24 hours because we want everything to be fresh for the traveler when they're in there and eating it and you know that's that's what's important you yeah. know and a lot of people don't have time so those are the things they're taking so we just want to make it simple and fresh but that leaves a lot of room for waste so we have a lot of food bank donations so after that we donate a lot of our product um, just because we can't we, we don't want to see after it's touched so many hands to get to where it is and in that cooler the people that grew it to the people processing it making it mm -hmm. and then just to see it go away is you know, we have a 24-hour shelf life in our grab-and-go, so it's made today, and it's if it's not sold today, it's given away to the food bank that next morning. Yeah, which is a fantastic way to kind of curb that food waste because there are so many people that don't have access to fresh food, yep. and I think that that's extremely heartbreaking mm -hmm. because I think every human should have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh proteins and different things like that. And that actually brings me to my next question. We're here um, in Napa for this fundraiser. Can you guys expand a little bit about what this fundraiser by HMS host is about tonight? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're fighting poverty and we're, we're feeding kids that don't get enough food. Mm -hmm. That's the bot. That's the bottom line. Right. And we're having an event here at Chalk Hill in, in Sonoma. Um, and these people have paid to come here and, and purchase a ticket. And we're going to, we make food and we teach people and kids about food and we're feeding them. So our goal is to feed the children that are not getting food because Again, that gets me upset. Yeah. So we're doing something about it. I feel the passion. Host. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm salty today, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, but this is an amazing event we're having here. Um, people did, they did pay a lot of money to come here and, and have an event. We're going to cook for them and going to have a great time. But a ton of money is given to to fight these to to these charities mm -hmm. to fight poverty and feed the kids. So that is super super for the HMS Host Foundation. It's really really important to us to get this done. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's one thing I hope for the world is that everybody has access to fresh food one day. We're working on it. I know. <laughs> one, one meal at a time, guys. Right. Um, so when it comes to large-scale food service, just going to kind of redirect here. When it comes to large-scale food service, what advice would you give chefs to stay creative in that arena? Stay creative in that arena? You know, the, know what you want to do and, and work with the right people to get it done. Mm -hmm. You know, talk to the farmers, talk about growing cycles, talk about what they can actually provide. Maybe you have to get three farmers together. Maybe you need to say, listen, all right, we can do this for you and have it ready in a year from now. Say, okay, that's great. Stay on top of it. Don't let it, don't let it slip by. Work with, um, just surround yourself with the right people that understand what it's mm -hmm. going to take to get it done. The volume is, is big and you got to really, really, work with the farmer and the growers yeah coming from some place where we ran a fine dining restaurant and we changed a five course tasting daily mm -hmm. you know what do we have what's coming in the back door and doing it now in this environment is completely different and it's to switch that mentality from like i can walk in i can create something that day just because i know it's on hand um it's it is a totally different environment when you go into the large-scale food mm -hmm. service because every step has to be planned out to a t otherwise it, it doesn't work 
So you talk about being like creativity and challenge and everything else. It's been a huge challenge going from that environment. I never in a million years thought I'd be working in airports, uh -huh. um, you know, coming from the restaurants we came from, but it's, it's still that part, that creativity and that challenge is still there every day because you have a lot of obstacles that you have to work around and yeah. we know what we want to do and we're not going to give up on it. We're going to make it happen one way or another. Mm -hmm. We just have to figure out the how. So, and, and that's finding the right people to work with and working all the no's that you get all day long and taking <laughs> it and turning it around and making it a yes, yeah. somehow making it a yes. That's what we're doing. And that, that was our goal in the beginning. When we came, when uh, Steve Johnson said, you know, would you come on and do this HMS host program? That's absolutely after we discussed it. And he said, bring the street to the airport. And that is part of it is got some working, street cred. That's it. You know, <laughs> working backwards. And again, like, like making sure you never give up on that creativity. Yeah. You know, people say no, two things happened. They didn't understand what I was asking or they didn't understand what I was asking because we're definitely going to get it done. And the creativity part does just take longer and you know, it just takes being smart about it and really planning on it. You have to learn how to be creative about asking for things. Correct. Well, <laughs> and, and you're, in your so you have brands that want certain things all right so how are we going to give that how are we going to give that to them and make that happen with the resources that we have you know it's it's going down well they have this great menu item and you're in a non-vented kitchen okay mm. okay so you don't have a standard hood and now mm, maybe you're working out of a turbo chef so a lot of recipe development goes into those to make it as good as it can possibly be so that's the that's another part of being creative. You, now your work, you're completely out of your element. I am not walking in on a six burner stove and, uh, you know, jade range and charbroiler and all the things that we're used to. You're mm -hmm. walking in, and it's a completely different set of equipment. Um, but the end expectation of the food is the same. People are paying a premium in the airport because there's a lot of costs that go into it. Right. And we need the food to be, uh, you know, live up to the standards. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta find a way to make it happen. Right. I've had bad airport meals before, and then I've had some that are just spot on banging. And I bet the ones that were spot on banging were probably HMS hosts. Those are definitely That's HMS hosts. Your yeah, bad experiences were those other guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is great when, when you can have a pleasant experience in a stressful situation, Absolutely. such as traveling. So yeah. I applaud what you guys do because that's not an easy task to please people traveling mm -hmm. um, and to also do it right. So I think that's great. One last question I had, um, what are some trends you guys are seeing in food service in particular with produce right now? Produce, I think we talk about a lot about crossbreeding, right? And then, and then perennial we, okay. we talk about not having to till the land as much whether it be from wheat or something so it's not land loss and and you don't have to bring in more water roots are growing deeper mm. um with different grains that have been crossbred um we're always you know talking about new vegetables that are crossbred you know we talk a lot right. about that new melons uh so I think trends, I, I hate to use the word trends personally. Yeah. You know, I think of, we talk about trends and what it means to us is an HMS host is how's it benefiting mother nature? 
Okay. If we take care of Mother Nature, I like that. <laughs> something there is real, right? So they say, oh, this is trending, that's trending. Great. At the you end know? of the day, how is it <laughs> well, affecting? And right. How's it go all the way back? And if we can make, if we can, if simple thing with perennials, if it, there's less land loss and everything else, and taking care of Mother Nature, then it's a win. Then it's something to focus on. And it's not even customer facing for us. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm making burger buns from perennial grains, no one knows about it necessarily, but we know, but you know. we know we're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So that's how I look at trends or sustainability or, you know, what's next. Sustainability. <laughs> right. the call, and the, the call from a lot of the airports that we're in lately has been, I want more vegan, more vegetarian, more gluten-free options. Um, people are asking for it a lot more. We're increasing the options on our menu. Every time we change a menu, we got to sit back and go, okay, what, because you're dealing with so many different people coming through the airport. Mm -hmm. And whereas before you would have a vegan option or a vegetarian option, gluten-free option, it would be your lowest selling item. Now it's just because we're using, you know, we're putting those vegetables first and it tastes great. It's seasoned, everything is good. We're, we're seeing the rise in sales on all those items. Right. Um, and you know, we're, we're definitely servicing a group of people. We, uh, with the American Airline lounges that we're putting in now, that is one of the biggest pushes we have is for vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options. Per, to put it in perspective, five years ago, t almost $30 million in produce to now $50 million in produce. Wow. So that, that Huge jump. Right. So yeah. that's that's a jump. So that puts that in perspective, how we focus and look at produce. Yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about, like, sustainability and trends and things like that. I personally see it as it's just the right thing to do. Um, some people see it as like an opportunity to, and it is an opportunity to break into that world of being more conscious, but I think it just being hyper aware is not a bad thing about where your Absolutely. food comes from. And yeah, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of things we do, whether it be the algae oil, we're, we're working with a company, um, and they can grow that in a silo anywhere. You don't like to grow millions of acres of something and then till it and transport it, uh, and again, it's not customer facing. So mm -hmm. those are the things that I, I'm really proud of at a host, at HMS host, because it, those are the things we know we're doing and they're benefiting mother nature and mm -hmm. we love it. How are you guys, are you guys trying to make those stories more customer facing or is it kind of in the background now? It's in, you know, for us, it's in the background for now. Um, I don't think the customer one has much time in the airport to sit there and figure <laughs> out the like, story. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Um, I think a customer has 12 minutes by the time they right. actually walk in, figure something out, purchase it, sit, eat, drink, whatever it may be to, to leave. Right. Uh, so f for right now, it's just in the background doing the right thing and then it'll all come. It's nice to know though, that you're working for a company that is passionate about doing the right Steve thing for the Johnson's earth. question is, what are you, now what are you doing? Now what are you doing? <laughs> I love that. You know, I love the challenge. We, the challenge that the airport has given us, um, and we're blessed to work for this company. We're, we're, they said, here, guys, go do what you do. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve Johnson has been amazing um, for the culinary team, pushing us, driving us, questioning us, asking us um, what's next and how are we making it better. It was really a pleasure getting to chat with those guys. I even got to taste their cooking, and it was fantastic. So thank you to Chef Steelman and Chef Windus for taking the time to speak with me and feed me. Next time you travel, think about HMS Host and all the hard work that goes into feeding you and other busy commuters in the airport. There's really a science behind it. That's all I have for this week. If you haven't already, give Colorful Plates a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. 
And as always, stay fresh.